What's going on everybody? Glenn P. Brooks Jr. here. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a coach. And I wanna welcome you to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I get the opportunity to add value to entrepreneurs, business owners, and ministry leaders, both on and offline. And this episode is gonna be no different. Stick around and we're gonna get started right now. It's good to have all of you guys back. We are recording this podcast live from Costco Viejo, Panama, about two miles outside of Panama City. And I am so excited. Sheree and I are celebrating 24 years in a row. We've been here for the last uh, six or seven days now. And uh, we've got several more days to go, but I wanted to jump on and I wanted to get this podcast uh, put together. Guys, if you have any, any, if you hear anything in the background, don't worry about it. We're gonna get it going. But I'm excited about this podcast because Many of you guys who tune into this program, you know that I talk a lot about the story behind people's brands. In a blog post on HuffPost.com, contributing writer Flynn Coleman asks this question. He says, why are stories so powerful? Uh, Well, the truth of the matter is, is that they are actually more memorable than facts. Our brains are actually wired to respond to stories. Metaphors and anecdotes help us to relate our ideas to our own experiences, providing richness and texture. Stories actually bring you and your listeners into a multidimensional world full of colors, sights, smells, and, 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 and as a result of that, these emotions really make us feel as though we are actually living the story. With that being said, I'm getting the opportunity to talk today to a young lady who I had an opportunity to mentor years ago. Um, she worked very closely with a lot of us in ministry we were building some amazing things. And she's gone on to do some incredible things in the business space. Her name is Lavani Giles. And I just want you guys to give, your, give her a hand and let's welcome her to the stage. Lavani, I'm excited to have you up, sis. This is so, so surreal for me because I remember when I first met you, I met you through your dad. I met your dad first, an entrepreneur's entrepreneur. And uh, he had a few businesses that he had run and and uh, we were building, the church was actually building on the property, a barbershop. And we, would call it, we called it Real Cuts. And I remember he would come up when it was under construction and he would talk and give us pointers and tips and creative ideas and some things. Hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And then you and I got a chance to obviously meet and work together in youth ministry and some different things. Lavani, I want you to go back for a second. I know your dad is, is a real force in terms of how you show up as an entrepreneur. But if you can really quickly, I wanna introduce this audience to who you are, what you do, why do you do it, and who do you do it for? And I want you to start unpacking how has your upbringing informed how you show up in your brand today? Let's talk. Hey Glenn, how are you? Thank you for the invite first and foremost. (laughs) Yeah, so, my upbringing, of course, like I said um, before, or like you know, that my dad, he was a serious entrepreneur. And that's all I saw, you know, coming up, my siblings and myself. That's all we saw. So, you know, he will have us working on the weekend and he just pretty much taught us work ethic. Um, so from there, it was it wasn't until like when I was younger, I, you know, at the age of five, my, out of all of my siblings, my grandmother, she would just pull me into the kitchen and, you know, like, you're going to do this. And I never understood why, but, you know, later on, I guess, you know, it revealed itself, you know, as to why, why I was the chosen. 
But um, so it'll be 10 years for me starting in March on the, on the 23rd of this of March. It'll be 10 years for Love at First Bite. Um, I, I do what I do and I love what I do because I love to see the, the look on people's faces whenever they have my desserts and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, they give the look of, you know, the look of love, like, you know, when you bite into something and it's like, exactly like it's <laughs> the eyes rolling behind the head and all of that good stuff. So from there, that's where the name was actually formed. Um, love at first bite when I, cause I started making cake pops. Um, because I wanted to tap back into, you know, the kitchen. I mean, I was always in the kitchen just cooking, but I wanted to tap back into my baking. So once I did that, you know, I had to come up with a name and everything because my plan was not to start a business. It was not to, you know, um, to do any of this. It all did by happenstance, I guess you can say. So from there, um, when they, you know, when they tasted the cake pops and they were like, oh my God, this is so good. So it was just like love at first bite, you know, and I just ran with it. So from there, um, after that, you know, I was in the house, I was baking and my father will always say, you got to get out and you got to meet people. You know, you're always just in the house. You don't go anywhere. You don't do anything, you know? And he was like, how are you going to meet that special someone if you're always in the house? And I'm like, you're right. You know, because the only thing I saw was just my four walls, you know? So from there, it was like, okay, you know, I, you know, I didn't say anything to anybody as to the direction that I wanted to go with the business, because honestly, I wanted to stop doing it altogether, but no one would let me stop. My family, my clients and, you know, close friends, nobody would allow me to stop. So after that, I, you know, I kept, I pondered the idea and then I said, you know what, let me just pray about it. So I continued to pray and I just asked God to expand my territory. From there, um, I didn't I didn't mention it to my father. I didn't mention it to my siblings or anything. So I just and I'm the type like when I'm extremely excited, I'm going to share the news. But, you know, and even before I'm supposed to share it and I'm like, OK, God, I know you're telling me to shut up. But this particular time, I didn't share it with anybody and I kept it under wraps and I just kept on doing research. And from there, I just said, OK, you know, um, God just expand my territory. And only thing I kept on hearing was food truck, food truck. So I just said, okay, you know, I don't know. And I still try to deviate from it because I'm like, who's going to drive it? You know, I'm in my head. I am a true thinker. And I just, you know, I was like, no, I, no, I don't know if that's the route for me. And I'm like, God, is this you talking or what do I need to do? So I rode around and I looked at different buildings and everything. Um, and said, you know, just doing research. And I said, I'm not spending that kind of money, you know, to be in a building. Then I got to advertise and I got to try and still bring people to me. And then I'm going to still be in four walls. So I'm like, that's not really what I want to do. So from there, I just said, okay, well, you know what? Let me look at the food truck. I looked at it and from, I just said, I, I just could not believe that I was actually pushing that button. So I just said, okay, you know what? If I'm going to do it, I got to do it afraid. So I did. And I was scared out of my mind. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I just kept on researching. And then I reached out to Jerry from Turner Natural. Um, me and Jerry, we're still really, really good friends. So I reached out to her and she was like, you can do this. And I'm loving that you're doing it just by researching yourself 
and not paying someone to give you everything that you need, you know? So from there, it's just, you know, it just developed. And I said, okay, um, I wanted to share it with my father so bad, but I know my father, my father, he runs his mouth or he, well, he used to run his mouth. He could not hold water. So I said, I can't share it with daddy just yet. I said, okay, you know, I'm going to share it with them. And just, you know, the, the time, cause they had given me the date on my truck when it would be completed. So from there I said, okay, I'm, I'm about to share it with daddy. And I got the news that my father passed. So, um, from the, I was hurt. I was extremely hurt and just could not believe it because I just, you know, I was like, not, you know, what am I going to do? You know? And I always envisioned, oh, I can get daddy to drive the truck. I could just, you know, because this is what he does. Right. So when my sister, um, once we got the news, we all gathered over to my sister's house and I revealed the news to everybody that I had the food truck and it will be ready on such and such a date. So my sister said, wait a minute, you're kidding me. And I'm like, no, why? She said, me and daddy just had the converse, had a conversation one week ago. And he said that he wanted to start a food truck. And I said, but daddy didn't cook. Why would he want to start a food truck? <laughs> so she was like, I don't know, but I just listened to him. She said, but when you said that you got your food truck, you know, um, she was like, I just can't believe this. So I decided to name the truck the Dream Catcher um, because from there, it wasn't it wasn't only my dream that I was living at this point, but it was my father's as well. So, you know, you got to. So, no, no, that's so powerful. Let me jump in here real quick, Ravani. One of the things that I see often coaching entrepreneurs and, you know, I think it was Simon Sinek, a really influential speaker, said, people don't do business with you because of what you do. People do business with you because of why you do it. When you think about the entrepreneurial spirit that clearly your father passed on to you and you developed in all the, you know, growing up, pull out for me one of the things, you talk about work ethic. If you were speaking to a, a new entrepreneur, a budding entrepreneur, someone who's trying to get something up and running. Can you talk about some of the lessons that you learned hurdling some of your biggest obstacles? What were they? And what were some lessons that you learned by, you know, doing it afraid or whatever the case may be? Come on, talk to us a little bit about that. Always being teachable um, and being able to listen without judging, being able to, you know, just take constructive criticism and just to say, you know what, okay, I'm open to learn new things and, you know, just to, um, I mean, and just to, just to, once you're doing the research and just listening to, you know, listening to the advice that you're given, then, you know, for me, I always have to pray about it because I can hear what I want to hear, but I'm like, okay, God, is this the direction that you're truly leading me in? So, you know, I don't make any big decisions before, you know, truly praying about it and just, you know, just stand still and listening. Levani, when, when uh, for, there's somebody who just climbed into somebody's car and they are listening to this podcast right now. And they're like, wait a minute, that sounds eerily similar to me. 
if you're listening to this podcast, her name's Lavani Giles, and she started a food truck from scratch. We've often said, and, and one of my colleagues, his wife, gave me this, and this is ironic. Um, we were doing an event, and, um, and we were at, over at their house, and we were hanging out. And uh, one early morning, she was uh, baking. She, she, she bakes cupcakes. And we were sitting in her kitchen, um, and I was up early, obviously smelling the, the bacon and the cupcakes up early. So I moseyed all down to the kitchen, and we sat there and we're talking. She said, she calls me coach. She said, coach, you got to understand this. Whenever you do something, you may do it from scratch. You may start from scratch, but you don't start from nothing. And I think that's huge because when we think of scratch, we think of, I made this from nothing. I made this out of thin air. I, I created this out, out of nothing. And no, you actually had something. You brought something to the table long before you created a food truck. Talk a little bit about those qualities, the things that you brought to the table that when you stepped into doing it afraid, when you listened to the research and all the advice that people gave you, you saw that thing that you brought to the table as an opportunity to build and and what, what, what were some of those things and how did it help you? The very first thing that I actually brought to the table was love. Um, whatever I, you know, so just like my slogan says, my main ingredient is love. Because I, I start from there. And from there, it's, you know, it, I, I build on that. You know what I'm saying? It's my love for baking, my love for people, my love for, you know, just being able to bring a product to people so that it's like, okay, you know what? Wow. Um, I love to see the looks on their faces and you will hear me use the term love because I am love, but it's like everything. I, I don't know. It's, it's so hard to explain. And I don't know why I'm like this. I don't know where it all came from, honestly, but you know, um, everything is built on the foundation is love. So you know, just starting from the different ingredients and starting from, you know, so I'll look and I, I mean, you know, I'll go back and I'm like, you know, how can I, you know, expand on this or how can, you know, cause I listen to my clients and listen to what it is that they say that they want, that they're looking for. So. You know, you know, it's funny as I think about that, there are a lot of entrepreneurs, Lavani, who they hear their clients, but it kind of goes in one ear and out the other, like, because they're, truth be told, they really on their thing. It's like, I'm going, I think about musicians, for example, particularly jazz musicians. They're the kind of people that play for themselves. They don't play for you. They play for themselves. You just happen to enjoy what it is that they do. And for that, they're grateful. But with you in the room or not in the room, they would play for themselves. It sounds like to me that you, you you're you're the opposite it's like no i love doing this but i'm doing this for you when you hear clients say things how hard is it for you to pivot and make an adjustment and say this may require me to learn a new skill they're asking for something that i don't actually do can you talk from a collaboration standpoint of how do you bring those pieces together to deliver the the ask right like the thing that they want um how do you deliver that within the space that you show up it's, it's, it's not easy. I'm going to say that because in my mind, it's like, 
you know, no, I know this. I know what I'm doing. I know, you know, so sometimes I look at it and there are times where I'm like, you know, I have to tell you what it is that you want, you know, because you, you won't know until I put it together. And it's, it's that, I guess you can say that, that thing, like, once I give it to you, it's something that you never knew you needed. You understand what I'm saying? So from there, it's, you know, but I, I listen to them and I listen to the different things that they ask for. And then I'm like, hmm, how can I incorporate this into something? But it, I was not always there because I always looked at it as, because um, I could not always accept constructive criticism, you know, um, and I think that is what made my product better, um, you know, because I'm like, oh God, you know, I feel like I got this. But then if you come back and you say, well, this didn't taste and my feelings are hurt, you know, because <laughs> my feelings was truly hurt because I'm like, man, you know, how can I accept this? You know, but now it's it's gotten to the point where the vegan um you know, the vegan community has come, is coming to me and now I'm going to have to pivot again. You see what I'm saying? Because now they're saying we want your desserts in our, in our stores, you know, um, in our health centers and stuff like that. So how can you, you know, so now I'm like, okay, now I got to turn around and try and pivot again to say, how can I veganize these desserts? You see what I'm saying? Listen, you said veganize the dessert. Listen, that sounds, it sounds oxymoronic. Um, there is a, there is a uh, company in Virginia Beach where I live that opened up a restaurant, black-owned company, and think Cinnabon, completely vegan. Mm. Completely vegan. Uh, I, 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 I would love to introduce you to those folks because... What they came up with in terms of being able to create, because when you have to pivot, the scary thing of it is it's taking you outside of your comfort zone. Yes, it's still yes. desserts, but you're working with products and things that you don't know. Like, and so either you're going to have to bring somebody else in that cooks that and then you offer it, or you're going to learn how to do it. If you can, as we close today, talk to us about the, the single thing that you wish you knew when you started your business that would have helped you, and this is gonna be hard, because there's a ton of them. But if you can get in your mind the thing that you wished you knew that you didn't know that you can pass forward to encourage somebody that may wanna come behind and build something from scratch as you did. Hmm, that one is tough. Um, I will honestly say, because, and like I told you before, like I still struggle with the, now, Okay, truly transparent. Okay, so <laughs> I am not a camera person. I'm not the in-your-face type of person. So this is hard for me. I'm, I promise you I'm not. <laughs> this is extremely hard for me. So being, even though I'm, I'm more so um, a people person in, you know, in person. You understand what I'm saying? But being um, put on the spot, being in front of cameras and stuff like that, that's a that's a struggle for me. So that um, also being completely transparent and being able to post outside, you know, because I know people buy you, you know, they want they you know, they want to know who you are. I have a, I have a hard time putting me out there because I am a private person, you know, so um, putting myself out there is it, extremely hard. It's extreme. Listen, listen, I know you well enough to know. <laughs> 
That's true. However, <laughs> most people wouldn't necessarily pick up on that because you do a great job of masking it. Um, your personality is infectious. I can't wait to taste your food uh, and get up to Maryland and do that. Tell us about how people can find you. You know, I know you do pop-ups all the time. I love it. You guys to do is I want you to understand that um, this woman is a fantastic and phenomenal. Tell us a little bit about how how you can be getting how people can get a hold of you. Come on, Levon. Currently, I am at the Waldorf Pop Up and Grow every Saturday and Sunday from eleven to four or five ish, whenever they decide to let me leave. Um, and that is in front of the old HH Greg, right across from the Best Buy, that shopping center. You can find me there. You can also reach me on my um, Instagram, which is love at first bite, which is one st bite dot co. Um, you know, I post there and on my my Facebook page, I post as well wherever I'm going to be. So in the summer times, I do festivals and stuff like that. So it really all depends on which event is going on that, you know, and I post. So, guys, listen, for those of you guys who are viewing us uh, by way of KBC and TV as we're recording this, for those of you guys who are listening to us maybe by way of Clubhouse, I want you to check the chats. They're going to post in those chats where you get. But if you listen to the podcast, I want you to go to her Facebook page, Instagram, love at first. The word first is spelled the number one ST. Okay, so it's not spelled out. So just, that's how you'll find her on Facebook, everywhere she is on social to look at this woman's work is to make you salivate. Let me ask you a question. Are you working on being able to ship stuff? Have you gotten to that level? Because I'm sure people are saying, girl, I'm not in your area. I need to get this. How do I do that? There are some things that are shippable. Um, on, my, on my website, you can put in an order inquiry. And once you do that, then, you know, I'll communicate with you from there. And, you know, like I said, certain items are shippable as far as like the pound cakes and stuff like that. So that all of that can be done. Listen, love at first bite. Her name is Lavani Giles. I'm often, I'm, listen, I, I love when I get a chance to catch up with old friends who are doing some amazing things. Guys, everything is about the story behind people, people's brands. If you see an amazing brand, here's where I can promise you, there's an amazing story behind it that drives it. At the end of the day, you cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. I've been excited to have you. Thank you so much for joining, uh, Lavani, and uh, we'll see everybody back again next week. Um, same time, we drop a new episode every Wednesday around noon, um, Eastern Standard Time. And uh, until next week, uh, y'all be good, be amazing, and remember, you cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good, and we'll see you next week. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us once again for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Uh, be sure to download this, and if you need to connect to us any kind of way, uh, you can reach us at www.glennpbrooksjr.com. At the end of the day, y'all already know what time it is. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good, and we'll talk soon.